Hi, I'm Martin McDonald. And I'm Sophia Fabili. The Thousand Islands Playhouse may have closed its doors this season, but our podcast lives on. While the artists are waiting in the wings and aren't on our stages, we're connecting with them at home to hear how they're exercising their creativity during the pandemic. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast. At home edition. Welcome back to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. Krista Jackson is a director, dramaturg, and sometimes actor. Thousand Islands Playhouse audiences might just remember her as Sophie in the 2003 production of Blessings in Disguise. She has worked all over, served as apprentice artistic director at the Grand Theatre in London, associate artistic director at the Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre, and is the founding artistic director of Zone 41 Theatre in her hometown of Winnipeg. She has prepared. She was preparing to direct *Liars at a Funeral* by me. That was supposed to go up at the Blythe Festival this summer before COVID hit, as well as *Perfect Wedding* at the Thousand Islands Playhouse this summer before the pandemic. Uh, Krista hold, holds the 2013 Gina Wilkinson Prize for Female Directors and can be found at kristajackson.net. Krista, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to see you both. Nice to see you too. And before we get started... Yeah, before we get started, um, uh, I'd just like to acknowledge that we uh, are recording today on the uh, traditional land of the Huron-Wendat and the Haudenosaunee peoples. And Krista, you are in... I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is Treaty 1 land, and the traditional territories of the Inanu, Anishinaabe, Dakota, and Métis people, and also the homeland of the Métis Nation. Wonderful. So um, we like to start off our podcast with our drink of choice. We ask each of our guests to choose their, uh, select a drink that might be their favorite or something they'd like to drink while we're recording that we also have as well. Um, So we can feel like we're together even though we're apart. So Krista, what are we drinking today? Uh, I've been making a home iced tea brew um, with red rose, orange pico, uh, and a bit of lemon. And uh, you're joining me with that. Yes. It's delicious. We're sipping our, our fabulous iced tea. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah. Quite refreshing. It mm-hmm. closes the distance between Gananoque and Winnipeg, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and a little bit of sugar can be added, like Sophia. Yes. We took the edge. Are you a no sugar gal? We took the edge off with a, t- a titch. I haven't had sugar in it. But honey is nice, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So set the scene for us. You're in Winnipeg? I'm in Winnipeg. It's been a gorgeous summer here. Uh, The weather has been stunning. We have uh, a little house in Crescentwood and um, three hammocks in the backyard. We don't have a big backyard, but my husband set it up so that we can all have a hammock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we've been going to beaches and like day trips to beaches and um, a lot of time at the one of the swimming pools with my son who's 13. Nice. Yeah. I picture you like pea pods in your backyard. Like just all <laughs> lying in your little hammocks. It's <laughs> so funny. I was so looking forward to chatting you today, Krista, because we were supposed to spend the whole summer together. I mean, the hammock situation sounds like a pretty good alternative, alternative, but we were supposed to be hanging out all summer making art. So it's pretty, it's it's such a weird world. Yeah, it was um, both shows I mourn in that, you know, they're, they're hilarious. They're... Um, Lots of fun. Your play, Liars at a Funeral, I mean, they all run around in and out of doors lying their faces off, and I love them all so much. (laughs) It's amazing. And um, Perfect Wedding would have been just uh, a lot of physical comedy and door choreography and, I think, lots of giggles and a lot of fun for the audience. 
So fingers crossed these shows will find their way back to those stages because, yeah, they would have been a, a really great way to spend the summer. Well, I think we're going to need laughs more than ever. Whenever we get back to making theater safely in a, with people being physically in a space, we're going to need those laughs. 100%. So. I think both of those shows have a good chance. Hopefully. To be the ones people will want to see. <laughs> uh, um, well, thank you for joining us. It was really, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. Um, and so, okay, we, apart from hanging around in hammocks and going to beaches, um, you know, you spend your time directing all over Canada. Now, all of a sudden, you had this unexpected break in time. And so that's our purpose of our podcast is to ask these fabulous artists who we know and love and to say, hey, how are you sustaining your creativity during this time? So we were, we want to know your answer. Yes, well, I I got back from Montreal. I was directing the third year show at the National Theatre School and I got back on March 1st and then two weeks later, it all changed. So I had a little bit of time actually off before we were doing a bit of development work, Sophia, on Liars at a Funeral, but I had a chunk of time that I was looking forward to um, just to decompress after many years of sort of nonstop work. And um, so I got back and then realized, you know, here's a chance to dive into some of the um, plays, some of the books on my, my shelf that I've been really wanting to read that um, because when you're preparing shows, you don't get a chance sometimes to read for pleasure. It's always for research, always to, to get um, all of your source materials together for the team. So this is, so I dove right into sort of that stack of fiction and just read some amazing novels and also a ton of plays. So that was like the, the first sort of wave of the pandemic and homeschooling in the morning. So I was right. doing... Um, that as well. And, and my son's on the autism spectrum. So he really took to making a schedule for himself. Nice. So, he, so we sort of adopted his way of sort of adapting to all these changes with no school all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, books are, are, I guess the answer to that is books, 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 and more books. <laughs> nice. And so you were saying in our in our e- emails leading up to this, you were saying that your reading list and your reading desire had kind of changed. You had gone on a bit of a journey in terms of what you're reading in March versus what you might be reading this week. So can you kind of summarize for us, like, how that's changed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at first, it was um, books that um, I wanted to read, like uh, Ad- Ad- Adult Onset and McDonald's. Uh, latest novel, uh, Thompson Highways, Kiss of the, the uh, Fur Queen, um, the uh, Toni Morrison, I Had the Bluest Eye, her first novel, and Beloved on the Shelf. Um, and then a friend of mine who I just worked with as a, a closing night gift gave me My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you've read that. And and I it's a, the Neapolitan Quartet um, out of Naples. And she wrote these incredible novels that I just, I bought all the, the other four. Like, I read all four. I was just like, these are amazing. Um, so it, it, it sort of started with sort of pleasure of just, like, not having to, 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 to center it around work. And then, and also I did um, read uh, because I'm preparing to direct Escaped Alone, which is Carol Churchill uh, play for four women in their 70s. I read all of Carol Churchill's plays. Oh my like gosh! From, from the 60s all the way to today, I did one a day. It was like a little challenge I gave myself. So, <laughs> so that kind of thing. And then I started with Beckett, and then I started with Ionesco and some of the absurdists because I was like, oh, there's t- I have so much time to read. So um, I was doing that, and then um, right around the middle of the summer. Um, I started to really get into um, 
really inspired by Dr. Lindsay Lachance's dissertation on Indigenous dramaturgy. Um, her her dissertation called The Embodied Politics of Relational Ind- Indigenous Dramaturgies, and she's a colleague of mine, and I, I think she's doing incredible work. And so I had the time to look at this dissertation, which you can read online. And then that took me to um, some of Leanne uh, Beta Somosaki, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Simpson's work, um, Dancing on Our Turtles Back, and the uh, Edward Curtis Project, where we commence. Um, Birdie, um, uh, uh, just a lot of Indigenous writers that are, are uh, so incredible. Um, and thinking about that work in relationship to the future of, of theatre and how we're going to, you know, work together in a different way. And then the um, Black Lives Matter movement took full full center stage for me and I've now been going into um, a lot of reading on anti-racism and uh, you know books like how to to be an anti-racist the ones you you know that you know uh, me and my supremacy um, and then also a book called Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown who um, writes a lot about healing and social justice and uh, meditation and doing sort of um, work to decentralize power and and like what what is collaboration in terms of social justice and and has like a workbook around how to bring that into um, like your your workplace that's amazing so these yeah was so that, that kind of that was sort of the journey and what's the name of that last one with the workbook can you sh- remind it's us called, of what that one is it's called emergent strategy i have it right here oh, um, strategy. and amazing she's incredible yeah and she also has a blog you can read um her name is adrian marie brown and um yeah i'm writing it down marta Marta and I on oh perfect. <laughs> Marta and I are on our anti-racism committee at the Thousand Islands Playhouse. So <laughs> her and I have been reading tons of articles and having very long yeah. and detailed and thoughtful conversations about it. So that's a great recommendation for sure. So do you have a yeah, I- out of all the books that you've read, whether it's like a book that helped with your learning or is just something you enjoyed, what would you say is the one you would recommend the most? Like what was your favorite book you've read so far? Oh, over goodness. this time uh, I mean not ever so many so there many, is so, so many, many. Um, do you read like how long are you reading per day by the way are you reading like hours I, are you fast I, reader probably probably um I guess so I don't know I mean the afternoon because Miles would go out on like an outdoor thing with my husband and then I would read and then in the evening I guess I am I guess I'm a fast reader but um yeah I don't know um, I'm just in I awe. I love it, and I, you know, I mean, and you just don't get the time. Like it's been such a gift of time to. And what I've loved about, I will answer the question about <laughs> sorry, I totally I, sidelined. About, Please go rude. I'm what sorry. What I loved about it was that the the time without structure, you could kind of get into the labyrinth of where you're reading one thing, and then it some the the writer takes you to somewhere else, and you can just go there, and you can pick up that book, and and so it's like this interconnectivity of of thinkers which has been really beautiful that you don't always have time for um i would say that the book i'm reading right now is the one that i'm just knocked out by and it's called a mind spread out on the ground by alicia elliott and it is she's an indigenous canadian writer um and it's a book of essays that are just super personal and really grounded in in anti-racist work 
but uh, she 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 brings it to her own life and her own um, childhood and adulthood in a way that is really inspiring and really um, rigorous. So and 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 um, thought provoking. So I'll say that, and I'm not even finished it yet, but I'm really loving it. A mind um, spread out on the ground. Nice. By Alicia Elliott, yeah. I just read Girl, Woman, Other. Oh, yeah? Have you? Gotta write it down. I'll send no. it to you. <laughs> send me your address and I'll send you a book in the mail. It's. I'll do that too. Okay. Did Let's you get be... that one at Beggar's Banquet? No, I didn't get that one at Beggar's Banquet. Although we wanted to give shout a shout. We wanted to give a <laughs> shout out to the Ganaquis local bookstore, Beggar's Banquet, who are lovely. We worked with them before, and they're actually doing um, curbside pickup from or drop or delivery from Napanee all the way out to Brockville. So if people are listening in and you and you feel inspired to buy a book, yeah, one of these books we've mentioned. Yes. <laughs> no need to give your money to Amazon. You can always <laughs> give it to a beautiful local bookstore, and they'll deliver it right to your home. Anyways, that's our small commercial. It's over now. Um, <laughs> We're not sponsored. We have we have a local bookstore called McNally Robinson. Same thing. It's been great. Nice. I go there and just yeah, spend an hour picking things out. And nice. you feel like so good about get. You know, I feel when I pass over my credit card, I'm like, yeah, you here get to it. I'm so happy to give them my money, but. So um, are yeah. you reading plays that are like plays that you hope to do or you're just like like reminding yourself of plays you read in school that are like part of your like his like your theater history knowledge or like what do you find your like how are you picking what plays to read? I mean you said you were reading Beckett. I was I read Beckett from the beginning. I did all of his plays. I bought the complete works and just did what? one a day. You're, I, picking, I, you're picking very prolific I, I, playwrights I really, too. Churchill I, I, has I really a hot like how many Sorry, of go the ahead. And and also at the beginning of the pandemic there was this thing about us being isolated and um, and so uncertain. And I think that those writers coming out of World War II were talking about some of those um, same things. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and the, the sort of existential, like, where are we at? How did we get here? Um, so Beckett, and then I have Pinter too that I want to look at. Um, all those sort of mid, mid 19th or 20th century playwrights. Um, but, you know, another play that I've got on my Kindle is um, Fairview. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Um, and um, I'm just going to get it because um, uh, I hear it's incredible. And so I want to read that one. Um, I've also, like, through the pandemic now, there's all these lists coming out on Facebook and, and other social media of, um, you know, if you like Death of a Salesman, check out this play by yes. this person of color. Yeah. yeah. So, there's, so there's, there's so many more diverse titles coming out to get us away from sort of that, just that Western canon. And I'm really excited about that for the next, like for the fall, I'm going to try to read a lot of those. And I think that there's going to be some workshops in that too, like mm-hmm. just um, sharing those resources. Totally. Um, which is super exciting. Totally. Well, and there's then, another, there's, I should mention another um, woman that I've, uh, not through book form, but through a podcast that, uh, her name is Nancy Brewer. Have you heard of Nancy Brewer? She's doing anti-racism work in the States. And I'm going to take a training with her in September. But she's been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, Nicole Brewer. Sorry, not Nancy Brewer. Nicole Nicole Brewer. Brewer. Pardon me. Yeah. Do you know her? Yeah. I've been starting to follow Um, her because I know she's giving like anti-racism training seminars online for theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And there's a variety um, podcast with her that um, she just speaks to so much history with um, with her work and then is so welcoming to everybody to go on the journey together 
now in this moment. So I found her really inspiring as well. I love that like some of your reading is like to feed your your mind and and your, you know, to expand your library in terms of how that affects like your theater work, but then also like there's fiction and it's, it seems like you, you have lots of your, your fingers, in lots of different reading piles, which is a nice balanced approach to, I feel like learning and also like sustaining yourself during the pandemic. Yeah. Know? I feel like it's interesting what you said about referencing. Cause I feel like that's so common. Like you either read a book and they make reference to a historical figure or another author or a play or, or something. And you you just don't have the time to go and go to that one and then read its references and then go to that mm. one and read its references. And so now you've been able to kind of connect all those dots and get a full picture of who, not only the people you're reading, but who their influences were and who their influences were and yeah. get like a whole, like figure out the development of these thought processes. Yeah. It's very cool. Web. Yeah. It's the spider web. And it's, yeah, it's really exciting because I never went to university for like a BA or whatever. I just have a, a diploma in acting so I've always looked at theater as sort of the way to, to further learning about everything, about the world and everything. So, um, so yeah, so having that as my base, you know, and then being able to branch out to these bigger thinkers within, um, within the, like, you know, think theater, um, it's been really great. I think what's the absolutely and I think the interesting moment that we're in is you know okay so when we look at you know the Stratford Festival and the Shaw Festival these are festivals that are worshipping or you know celebrating the work of these older historic white men from however many hundreds of years ago and but then even if you look at the Playhouse history that many of the titles are written by white men and so you know how can we get the voices of people of color, the voices of women, the voices of people who have different perspectives onto the stage. And I think it'd be, I wish that I could like transport myself to, for like five years, 10 years, 15 down, years down the road and see like how, how the stories on stages start changing. And I feel like it's, it's, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's also like that exciting moment of like, okay, like we can, we can start to change things. And I hope that the stories start shifting and changing. So as we come out of this pandemic, hopefully, and go back to some sort of normalcy, you know, maybe the Stratford Festival will do some different stuff. Maybe the Playhouse can do some different stuff. Like, it's exciting. It is exciting. And I think, I think, um, oh, yeah, not centering sort of white stories on stage, but also decentralizing power in, in our processes and how we work and, and all of those um ideas are really of the moment that I'm, I'm excited about coming back and having those conversations in a real really active way yeah totally wonderful well I think we should probably this I feel like we could talk about this stuff forever. I know I feel like I could talk about it forever. I feel like we probably should move on to our last segment which is a bit sillier and not as serious um we do this or that pandemic edition where we ask you a series of questions that will break down how you've spent your quarantine <laughs> and what kind of habits you've developed during the pandemic reading for 17 hours a day being one of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sound good <laughs> I'm nervous, but yeah. No, oh, don't worry. They're fun. so easy. It's fun. And you can you can elaborate if you'd like, if you feel like you need to justify yourself. Okay. <laughs> Early riser or night owl? Uh, I'm sort of in the middle. Yeah? You you have a regular I, sleep schedule pandem- like a normal the person? Has, the, pandemic, the pandemic has made me really, um, like, regular with my sleep. I know, me too. I'm literally, I go to bed at 11 and I wake up at 8 and I'm like, who am I? <laughs> It's really weird. Yeah. Sweats or dressed? Oh, sweats for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bake all day or takeaway? Uh, 
I'm not a baker. I'm, I always forget ingredients. I'm just really bad at it. Um, but uh, we've been cooking a lot, yeah. actually, and being very organized with grocery shops, which we never have been before. I know. So, I know. You, you sort of you get used to being able to just run to the store if you have to. Yeah. 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 Um, DIY or online buy? Um, I mean, now I guess we can go into stores, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess. I haven't really been ma- I haven't really been making a lot of stuff and I haven't really been buying a lot of stuff. Well, good for you. You've just been reading. Well, where do you get your books? Uh, some online have to say if I want it now. Well, you're not well, you're not writing them, so I guess that that answers that yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> um, homemade mask or bought one? Homemade. Homemade. Nice. Yeah. Um, Zoom party or Zoom fatigue? Zoom fatigue. <laughs> Except for this one, right? This Obviously. is a party. No, I love you. I love this. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Zoom. I find Zoom really, really odd. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't love Zoom. It sucks um, out your energy. I, I know we, we need it right now, but sorry. It sucks out your energy. Don't you find that it's like yeah, you miss like uh, the energy when I have a meeting with Marta in person is much more energizing than when I'm on the internet with her. Yeah, or even a phone call. Sometimes I find more energizing just. Not yeah. having to, there's something about the like we all look kind of like we're disengaged when we're on this, mm-hmm, especially when yes. there's lots of people, yes. and we're not. But there's some sort of like neutrality that. Yeah. But you can be also, of, like you can be. <laughs> you can be. Yeah. I mean, I'm never. Uh, Brett, I'm not. I'm never. <laughs> <laughs> we're always very enthusiastic. We're always very enthusiastic about about and our staff, staff meetings. meetings. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tiger King or The Last Dance. Um, okay. Uh, full disclosure, I did watch Tiger King when it came out at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, so, but I have to say, as the pandemic wore on, less popcorn and more, you know, documentaries and things that are going to stretch my brain. Fair, yeah. fair. But popcorn at the beginning, for sure. I think we all needed it just to cope with what was happening. Yeah. It was like I need a, an escape. I think I was. The, I think I was the opposite. Weirdly, really? I think I like was like, "Ooh, I have so much time. I'm going to watch all these cool things." And then eventually, I was like, "Nope, I'm going to watch another episode of a reality TV show that I love." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day, you know. Yeah. Um, working out or on the couch. Working out. Good for you. Yeah, working out big time, big time, big that's time. That's good. So that, was really, that was good to have the time to do that, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's been your ultimate quarantine jam? Have you, like, music-wise, anything that you've really loved? That's Or are you just or even a style? In, you're just or booking it. Um, you know who I've been listening to a lot is Nina Simone. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. She's awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 100%. And last question, what's your ultimate quarantine location anywhere in the world if you could go take all your books with you? Uh, <laughs> and your okay. husband and this son, I guess, if you weird. want. And I don't, I, you guys can tell me if you think this is impossible, but I was thinking about um, that, that question. And uh, do you think it's possible to quarantine on a boat? Yes. Yeah. Houseboat. A houseboat. That would be my choice, partly because my son loves the water so it's like we get all the books, all the internet we need, and then we would go out and we would find beaches and <laughs> we would live on the water until, and then, you know, get provisions yeah. and, and just be, be on the water. Really I love that it. Would be, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's people in the Thousand Islands that did that. I'm sure. <laughs> I could just see some, ha- right? some hammocks hanging from the masts and stuff, Yeah, <laughs> you know? 
Right? Yeah. Hammocks. We'd have to take our hammocks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Crystal, this has been such a treat. It's been, I'm thoroughly impressed with the, your reading list. Yours is far longer than mine. Um, I love hearing about all that you've been digging into. And it's so nice to see your, see your face and hear your voice. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's great to see you both. And thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Let's also give a shout out to Mark Hunt who is TIP's head carpenter for composing this music. Mark also starred in the show's name, Marta, help Blessings me out. in Disguise, 2003. <laughs> I've been working in the Thousand Ounce Place Archive, so I'm an expert now for our listeners. Krista and Mark were seen partners. Um, also, this podcast is produced by my fam, Gananakwe. Thanks to Terry Lynn. Follow us at thousandoundsplayhouse.com. Bye. Bye, Krista. Bye. Thank you.